This is Brian Medor from East Carolina University. You are listening to the Sports Objective, the official, unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective Podcast. It is Navy Week as the Pirates will be hosting the Midshipmen 12 o'clock at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday in a game that will be broadcast on the ESPN Plus platform. Longtime Navy head coach Ken New Montalolo addressed the media this afternoon via Zoom. And let's go to that audio with the longtime coach of the Midshipmen right now. Sure. Um, coach, well, can you just talk a little bit more about the milestone victory? I know you're humble and you don't want to talk about yourself, but it really is a pretty amazing accomplishment. Uh, um, I mean, you were here as an assistant to Coach Paul Johnson. You never knew if you could get to 100 victories. Um, just grateful, you know, grateful to all the to get to coaches, victories. players. You know, first and foremost, it always starts with players. We've had a lot of great players over the years, a lot of great coaches all the hard work, all the staff members. But I think more than anything, why not so much the win, but it's been um, – it's actually been a really cool weekend just hearing from a ton of players, ton of emails, ton of texts, calls. I think that's – you can't put a price on that. You know, guys just from around the world, just um, hearing from them. That's probably the, more than a milestone, just to hear hear back from players and – you know, just stuff that, you know, you never knew. You know, you yell at all the, you yell at these guys all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it's, it's funny. We just, uh, I just enjoyed the weekend just reminiscing, talking with former players, you know, just certain things. Coach, remember when you kicked me off the field at this time? Remember when you did this? Because no, I don't remember that. It just, I just, I, I enjoyed that more than anything. It was to be able to reflect on all the players' wags. It was, uh, to hear from them was probably the most meaningful thing, just to hear back from all the players. Well, I know you said on Saturday night after the game that it's a program accomplishment, and it is. And, I mean, Navy's won 100 games during your tenure because they've been remarkably consistent as a program in winning, you know, eight, nine, ten games a year. Uh, can you just talk about how proud you are to be the leader of a program that can win 100 games in whatever that is, 13 really less than 13 seasons, 12 and plus four <laughs> games. Well, I know it's hard to win. I mean, this profession is hard, hard to win. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the just, I mean, just even look at the last two weeks, you know, we didn't play very well, obviously up at, at Air Force, but our defense is grinding it out there during the first half. Who knows if we take care of the ball and able to do some things, who knows what happens. Um, I think about this past week, it, you know, we have to get a pick uh, at the end of the half, stop a two-point play. We have to kick a field goal, a 50-yard field goal into the win to beat a team by two points. And just, you know, you reflect on over the years, just, um, you know, we've unfortunately we've had a lot of those one-possession wins. So just very grateful, very grateful that we have tough young men. Um guys have found a way to, you know, get some wins. And this profession is hard, man. This is a ruthless profession. And this profession spits out a lot of good coaches, a lot of good, you know, people in this deal, and it's it's unforgiving. And all of us got into this profession knowing that. 
well, you know, but really all of us got into this profession because we love the game, we love football, but um, just very proud of our program. Because like I said, I mean, you go from the different things that our program has expanded to from having a football ops guy, uh, an assistant, you know, a nutritionist, strength staff. I mean, to, it, this is hard to, to even stay up. I mean, because everybody, you definitely got to keep up with the Joneses in this profession. If not, you're going to get bypassed. If you, if you look at, you sit back, put your feet up and, you know, whatever, look at your trophies or your bow rings. And um, like I, I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, I, I guess an example of that, I, I'm, you know, this is my office. So this is, that's why I meet with recruits right over there. And so I just, um, I remember meeting with one mom and she was looking over there and she was like, Oh, that's some, what are those? That's our bowl we've been to. And which one is that ring? We came over here and I had no clue. I mean, I had, I, I don't know. I mean, 2013, I mean, I didn't know. And it just makes you realize you can't do that in this profession. You just got to keep pressing forward, keep pressing forward. You know, when we lost the Air Force, we had to keep pressing forward. We squeaked out a win this past week. We got to keep pressing forward. I, I guess your question, Wags, I mean, it's, it's not time to sit back and reflect on it yet. I'm still coaching. You know what I mean? Maybe when I'm in Hawaii, like I said, uh, driving a bus and whatever, how many years that I can sit back and reflect. But in this profession, if you start reflecting on stuff, uh, you'll have a lot of time to reflect because you get fired. So just very, very grateful, Wags. I know it's, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that our program was able to accomplish that. But this is football, man. Football. It's such a unique game. It takes so many people, you know what I mean, so many players, so many staff members, so many coaches. So grateful for all the people over the years. Last for me before I hand it off to someone else, did did Barbara have a nice giant cake with 100 candles on it? Or what? how did you – I'm sure your wife wasn't going to not let you celebrate 100 wins. Well, we normally do the same thing after games. You know, we go to Safeway. I sit in the parking lot. And you look at some clips of the game while she, you know, gets some stuff Saturday night or whatever. But we don't go to the, we don't go there anymore. We have a delivery because, you know, with all the pandemic and stuff. So don't go to. So I said, well, why don't we go to Chick-fil-A? But Chick-fil-A was closed because the game was closed um, a little bit later. So I was just going to celebrate by, you know, eating bad for that night and go get a milkshake or something. So I went to McDonald's. I haven't been to McDonald's in years, you know what I mean? But it was, it's kind of nice to get a double quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> I mean, just that was the way I celebrated. <laughs> Mike, James. Hey, Coach. Um, hey, Mike. I guess kind of changing gears a little bit here from McDonald's. But um, <laughs> I noticed, uh, you know, watching the Tulane game, the Air Force game, it looked like that, that they're – they really – press their safeties up like, you know, five, six yards from the line of scrimmage, but Temple didn't really do that. Um, do you think that maybe uh, Dalen's reputation as a passer is kind of getting out there a little bit and the teams are, are kind of looking at that? I think that's one formula, Mike, but I also think BYU, you know, they played a straight 50, but they played a soft secondary. You know, it's almost like BYU is like, okay, we're going to play the run with our front seven and be really soft and not let you throw in over our heads. And 
and like you said, Air Force and Tulane were super aggressive. I mean, they're you're basic. They basically play with nine in the box, you know. So you you run out of people. You know, even with option game, you you can't crack back block everybody. I mean, there's and you try to formation them in motion to try to do certain things. Uh, but I think you're right. I, mean, I don't know if they looked at BYU. I don't know if they looked at well, Dalen's a good passer and try to keep things in front of them. Don't give up any big plays. Um, but I don't know. But I, we were thinking the same thing. I mean, just they're a little bit softer in the secondary. And, and that, that's probably what their thoughts about. I don't know. I mean, but I, I, your guess is probably as good as mine. I think you're right. Um, did Nelson, Nelson Smith cut a little bit of weight this year? Uh, he did, you know, not not a ton, but he's he's lost some weight, and we just want to be physical this game, you know. What I mean, just uh, we just felt all the way around, you know. What I mean, obviously we had some young guys on defense, and we were trying to be as tough as we could against the run, and we were going to be physical running the ball, and so, you know, our, the rotation went a little bit more, probably maybe more one to one with Jamel and and, and Nelson. Maybe in weeks past, maybe a little bit more Jamel than Nelson. But um, we told those guys, hey, we're just going to play both. Whoever's running hard and physical, um, you know, you're going to play. And, you know, Nelson had a really, really good game. I, I thought the way he ran set the tone for the rest of our guys. You know, just the way uh, he ran and gave our O-line more confidence to come off the ball. And really, really happy for the way Nelson played. Well, I'm, I'm, it's interesting to me because I thought he was a little bit quicker than, than, than last year, maybe visibly so. And there's always that kind of, I don't know, a question of, of what makes for a, a good fullback in the offense. I think there are a lot of people who think, well, you want the big, you know, guy with a neck roll or something pounding it up the middle, but that's not really the case. I mean, not, not necessarily Navy, but you look at the history of spread option offenses and guys like Adrian Peterson or even, uh, Travis Sims at Hawaii, they weren't necessarily the prototypical wishbone fullback, but what is it that you, you look for, you know, in terms of, of a fullback skill set with that, whereas size isn't necessarily the determining factor? Well, you know, we had um, obviously great success with Kyle Echo, you know what I mean? Big bruiser, I guess Ballard and Katani were kind of those guys, but we've also had Teach, you know, Alex Teach was, maybe 210, but was physical, could move, could do different things in the perimeter. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Noel Copeland was a guy that's probably smaller. Then you kind of go back to Swain, who's more of the 240-pound guy. I, I think, Mike, we've kind of been able to do both. And I think last year, just kind of seeing where Nelson's kind of more of a physical, explosive guy, that Jamel had, you know, his top end speed was a little bit better, allowed us to get some more explosive plays. And so, um, you know, obviously we, we want guys, if you could be uh, Chris Wayne and uh, Kyle Echo, that's what we're looking for. I mean, those are two guys that got NFL trials. Well, obviously, you know, Kyle played in the league, but they're both 240. They're both uh, four, six guys. Well, Katani, you know, I mean, got a, a trial in the league, but they're both all of those guys in the 230 plus and they're both, they're all three of them could run, but those guys are hard to find, you know, the 240 guys that can run. And so we went a little bit smaller for speed. Uh, Cause you're right. We don't want the, the neck roll 240 pound guy that runs five flat. I mean, that, that doesn't help us at all. 
but the the big guy that can run, like Kyle and Eric Katani and Chris Wayne, uh, those guys are hard to find, you know. And so, but that's what we like. But we'll take the teach, we'll take the noise, the backs, the fullbacks we have now. We're really excited about. And so we just kind of try to play to the strengths, you know, kind of the guys we have. Thanks, coach. Thanks, Mike. Sean Stepner. Hey, Coach, congrats on 100. I wanted to um, kind of circle back to that just for a moment. When you, when you said that, you know, reflecting and, and hearing from players, and it was a cool weekend and players telling you stories that maybe you didn't really remember. Um, does that – and also, like, the trophies that you were talking about, not, not really being able to name every one of them from whatever year. You know, specifically to the, to the player standpoint, does that reinforce – just why you do it and the impact um, that you've had on so many guys and their lives over the years. Did you take time to reflect on that? Yeah, that's probably what I reflected on. It was interesting. It wasn't the games, you know, cause I mean, I, I can remember, believe me, I can remember the games. It's kind of interesting. I remember the losses more than I do the wins. I remember certain play, man, I flew to block this and, man, we missed that. And it's kind of crazy as a, as a coach, you, you, you remember negative things. I wish, but just talking to all the players, exchanging texts or emails, um, just reflecting on how they're doing in their lives and things they tell me, it just made you reflect that it's, it's more than the football side of it. You know what I mean? Hearing from guys in Japan and, you know, I have some funny stories with Tony O'Gully, you know, as we were talking about certain things and, I was telling a funny story to uh, Tonio that, you know, I apologize because I was always trying to get him on the block side. Like, I would always yell at Coach O'Rourke and Coach the Slotbacks, what is Tony Hill doing on that side? I want to pitch the ball to Dyson or I want to pitch the ball to, you know, Bug. You know, why are we t- pitching it to Tonio? So I, there was one play in particular that, you know, I wanted him to be at the block side A back, but he was on the pitch side. And so I'm telling Coach O'Rourke, you know, we were playing Tulsa over there. So what is he doing? Why is he on that side? And, you know, Keenan pitched it to him. He went 75. And so I, I told Tony, I goes, Tony, just all, sorry you had to block a lot, but that was me yelling at Coach O'Rourke to make sure that you weren't catching the pitches and you proved me wrong. You catch a pitch and you go 75 yards for a touchdown. But just those kind of stories, you know, there are so many of those, just being able to reflect with guys. Just, it just makes you really realize that this thing is more than football. A lot of guys that coaches are still in. A lot of guys are out, you know, fathers, husbands. Um, and you just forget a lot of the cool stories, you know, and, and a lot of the funny stories, like I said, chewing them out at halftime or kicking them off the field. And uh, I was talking actually to Tolentino, who's here, because I, I was kind of yelling at some of our D-linemen this past week, hey, we don't need guys with, towels you know stuff like that d-linemen don't wear towels just get out there and you know we need guys that do certain things and then david tolentino was telling me when he and Pittman were freshmen that you know i i kicked him off the bowl game too uh they're on the field and they came out as freshmen with all these armbands and you know all these things tied up and i'm like you guys are dang freshman nose guards you guys are dressing like a skilled guys get your butt back in the locker room and so just funny stories like that over the years that I, to be honest, I've totally forgotten, but the players haven't forgotten. So those, those are the coolest things, Sean. 
And what about doing it all at the Naval Academy? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, well publicized um, about your opportunities over the years, um, whether close or not, but to do this, uh, I'm referencing other coaching opportunities, but to do it all in Annapolis at Navy, all 100, what does that mean to you? Well, I love the school uh, because of the success that our program has gotten. You know, I've had other opportunities. And as I look at those other schools, um, you know, because every school has their faults. And I probably fight with the hall a lot, you know what I mean, certain things, you know what I mean, or, you know, we're trying to shorten our practice so we can go to something, you know, military-wise, like, wait a minute, we're practicing against Notre Dame. I can't cut my practice short. You know what I mean? It's like, well, they have to. Guys got to get going. And, you know, so things like that over the years that have driven me crazy. I like, you know what? This is the Naval Academy. Find a way to work around it. Shorten your practice. But um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is there's every school has their issues. But I love this school in spite of some of the things that you have to work around. You know, I, I tell some of the guys, like, how long our meetings are, other coaches, and how long guys are around the football office, and they're like, what? That's all there. He goes, yeah, that's all we have. I mean, we don't see our guys. They, they actually go to school here. I don't know about your school, but here they go to class. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, um, so uh, you know, I, I'd love to be here. Like I said, no school is perfect, you know, especially as you're trying to get a Division One football team ready. Um, there's things that you battle, but every school has their blemishes. But in spite of some of the things I may not be too fond of, this is still a great, great school, Sean. And I'm, the, the, the young man and the young women that the school produces, it's unbelievable. It's, this, this institution is, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great place. Uh, Graham Knight. Hey, Coach. Graham Knight from Behind the Lines, the Academy Football Report. Um, you've mentioned hearing from uh, players from all over the world, and I'm sure coaches and other people. Uh, care to drop any names? Uh, anyone reach out to you in particular you were surprised to hear from to, to congratulate you on this milestone? Well, I, I, I dropped Tony O'Gully, a player I probably shouldn't. I, I probably shouldn't have done that because, you know, these stuff are in confidence. So I, but um, – I, I probably would rather not, Graham, because they, you know, they reach out to me in confidence, and I don't want to do that. But um, if you know, the the players that re respond, you know, fellow coaches that you go against, you know, peers that you go against, those are the things that you know, it's kind of cool because these are coaches that you compete against uh, over the years. So, you know, so for those guys to reach out, uh, you know, your former players to reach out. I didn't realize that, but those are the things that have been the coolest part about this, just to hear from people, just that you have a ton of respect for. Gotcha. And as you think back over the last hundred wins, are there any particular moments you said you remember the losses maybe more than the wins? Is there any one particular moment that stands out? Um, no, not really. Like I said, I, I haven't really, like I was telling Wags earlier, I mean, I, um petrified watching ECU now, you know, they, they played a really good game. You, you don't have time to like, you know, put your feet, like, oh crap, here comes ECU. They look good last week, you know, just, um, no, not really. I mean, there've been a lot of great moments, a lot of sad moments, obviously uh, probably one of the lows two weeks ago. I mean, getting pummeled by 
Air Force, but then our team to come back. I mean, you think about Temple and he goes, the last couple of times, they've beaten the crap out of us. You know, and uh, when we played them in the championship game, I mean, they, they took out like, not, not dirty-wise, I mean, they were so physical. We lost like six players, you know, five starting guys on offense. And really, they beat us in a championship game. But not only did they beat us then, but then we lost to Army. We lost the bowl game. It's because of the physicality that the Temple, you know, they playing them has always been a bad matchup for us because they're really physical. You know, we won some close games against them, but it's always been a battle against them. And so after a crushing loss to Air Force, and the bounce back coming against Temple, I mean, and finding a way to win with all of our guys injured on defense. That's, I guess that's the one that resonates to me now. I'm just really proud of our guys. Uh, uh, you know, I remember leaving the house, my wife was like, oh, good luck. And so this, you know, we're going to have to have, play great to have a chance against these guys. They've always beaten the crap out of us. And to our guys' credit, they found a way to win. You know, I'm so proud of our guys. Yeah, they did. One more follow-up then. I know that it hurt to lose to Air Force, but you edge out Troy Calhoun by getting to 100 uh, wins before he does. He's one game behind you. Is there any sweetness in that? Does that, does that give you any solace? I ain't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough, Coach. Thanks. Congratulations on the milestone. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with Bubba Rosenbaum, who covers East Carolina. He has to get off in a minute. So we'll go with Bubba, and then I'll go back to Phil. Hi, Coach. Um, obviously, East Carolina has a new defensive coordinator in Blake Carroll. He was actually Coach Brian Newberry's successor at Kennesaw State. Tell us what you've seen out of the Pirate defense. And obviously, you come back with a big win, you know what I mean? And so – I think he's a really good defense coordinator. We're, we're still studying, you know, we're in the early stages of trying to formulate things. Um, and so we know this is going to be a tough battle. Like I said, you know, coming off against a, a big win, you know, I mean, against got after South Florida, that's a really big win. So we're, we're in the early stages, but um, like every week, this is going to be tough. But so far, I've been impressed, you know, what we've seen. Anything else, Bubba? All right, we'll go to Phil Bergman. Yeah, uh, Coach, just going off of that, I mean, East Carolina blew out uh, South Florida by 20 points last week. What are you seeing from them out there? They look like a pretty good team this season. Well, having your quarterback helps. You know what I mean? So you're in the system. Uh, you're more familiar with it. Um, you know, it just I think that's the thing more than anything. You know what I mean? Coming back, um, again, to present us a lot of problems up-tempo. When you got a quarterback that's been in the system and knows what's going on, it's, it's tough because it presents a lot of issues going fast. Uh, they got the guys in the perimeter to get the ball to. It's going to be very similar to Temple as far as they can run, they can throw. But, again, got an experienced quarterback, you know, playing at their place. This is going to be tough. We're going to have to find a way to – play well on, on offense, try to keep the ball away from them. You know what I mean? But um, quarterback, you know, we saw him last year. And to have one more year under your belt, you know, I mean, he's only gotten much better. And obviously, you put up those kind of yardage that they've done, the points they've had, it's they're a good football team. And then uh, going back to the milestone win, Coach Jasper's been with you for the tenure. Uh, 
this milestone is just almost about him as it is you. Uh, just what's he been like for you throughout this process? Oh, everything. Um, he, he was my first recruit. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that's the truth. When Johnson got the job, I mean, he was the first guy I went after. Because <laughs> it's like, well, if, um, when Johnson leaves, I'm either I was going to do this or him. And if I wasn't going to run the offense, there was one other guy that I trusted who was Ivan. Both of us have been, were, were schooled by Coach Johnson. So, like I said, it was, it was kind of a weird recruiting battle because it's, um, like I said, the two Jedi Knights, you know, I was recruiting against Yoda. And for, for Ivan to stay was, you know, was obviously big for, for me. His family, we're really close. Our families are close. But, I mean, he's been phenomenal running our offense, coaching our quarterbacks, you know, all the different quarterbacks. I mean, uh, they're asking about the different quarterbacks, um, excuse me, fullbacks. Um, I mean, you know, Mike was asking that. I mean, just look at how about the different quarterbacks that Coach Jasper's coached, the different styles from Ricky, uh, Kaipo, to um, Keenan, Malcolm, uh, Will Worth, you know, Zach Abe. I mean, there's been a, a ton of different types of quarterbacks. Um, Ashley Ingram, you know, has been here. I mean, Ashley Ingram, he's recruited probably the best players to the Naval Academy more than anybody that's ever coached here. I mean, a guy's a recruiting machine. Um, Danny O'Rourke has been here the whole time. Uh, Mick Yokaitis and Joe DePay have been here a long time. Probably Mick's been here a long time. Uh, Steve Johns, um, you know, our offensive guys, I mean, Mike Judge and guys left, but Buddy, Buddy Green, Dale Pearson, you know, there's, there's been a lot of coaches over the years that, that have been here, Sean Noah, um, you know, there's, I'm just rambling right now, but Tony Grant, I mean, there's been a lot of great people over the years, so this is a, this is, it's a great accomplishment for our program, but believe me, I'm, I get the accolades because I'm doing these interviews, but it's way more than me. I mean, it, all of you guys have been to our practice. You see me at practice. I don't do anything. I just walk around. So the real coaches coaching deserve the credit. And uh, lastly, did you get a call from a mentor or a coach that surprised you after the win Saturday? Uh, quite a few. I mean, more, you know, communications by, you know, email or text. You know what I mean? Just, like I said, those are the things more than anything from mentors, peer coaches, Former players probably mostly was the was the biggest thing. Just to you know to read their text, it was, it was a pretty emotional evening. You know that was, it was a great win, but to hear from former players is not even close. The biggest thing of all of it, just hearing from them. Thank you. Uh, any follow ups, Wags? You got any follow ups? Yep. Well, I'd like to dive into East Carolina a little bit more. Um, obviously. Uh, They've had trouble stopping the option over the years that you've been playing them uh, before and since you've been in the American Athletic Conference. But uh, this defensive coordinator was at Kennesaw with Bohannon, so he went against the option daily in practice. Uh, I haven't dug into his entire background. I think he was at Lenore Ryan or something, Citadel. But I get a feeling this guy knows option football. Is that something you have to account for? And I'm sure you're going back and looking at his history a little bit. No, he's going to have a good plan. You know, Coach Houston is, you know, a defense guy. He's seen the option a ton, you know. And so there's no doubt in my mind that those guys are going to be ready. 
sure they had our game circled. And yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a tough game because, like you said, the DC has seen it. Coach Houston for many years. I mean, I mean, he was coach. Uh, was the head coach of teams that ran option, so they know option football. Um, I think their only concern is this year. I mean, Coach Houston just got there. This is his second year as a head coach. So he's not concerned about any of the other games that happened in the past prior to him getting there. He wasn't there. And so um, this will be the first time for us going down there against his team. You know, they had a huge win last week, just like we did. And I know they're trying to build off it just like we are. And, you know, the team that does better of that, you know, and of building off their last win uh, will be the team that comes out to victory. But both of us are, are feeling better about ourselves um, after last week's win. But, you know, their D.C., Coach Houston, I mean, this, this is not their first rodeo with option football. They'll have a really good plan. And then, obviously, uh, people have been wondering what's wrong with the various elements of the option, the fullback dive, the perimeter pitch. But we all know that you have to block it to have success for the skill guys to have success. To me, that was the big difference on Saturday night is I thought your offensive line won the line of scrimmage. And you mentioned in the post game about the perimeter blocking was solid as well. And that's why the slots were able to break some nice runs on pitches. Can you just talk about what you saw out of the entire blocking scheme on Saturday night? And did you feel that was a major step forward? Well, and, and, and this isn't a knock to anybody. This is just the truth. And there's a reason Coach Jasper is the coordinator. He's a phenomenal coach. But everything always starts with the quarterback. I mean, in option football, you got to get us into the right play and the right person has to have the ball. I mean, if anything, the quarterback is get us in the right play and get the ball to the right person. So there are times you may look like, geez, why did they – that was a stupid play and there's four guys in there with well, the ball supposed to be on the perimeter. Or sometimes you pitch the ball in the perimeter or you're outside and there's four guys waiting out there. You go, that was a bad play. Well, we should have handed the ball off. We should have went inside. So first and foremost, our quarterback played really well. I thought Dalen played real well, got us into right plays, made the right checks. You know, missed, missed a couple of reasons, like everybody. Nobody's perfect. But I thought he played a really, really good game. So it gave us a chance because we were running the right play and the ball was going to the right person. Then the second part, like you said, Wags, we played physical. Our line blocked super physical, and our backs ran hard. And that's us. You know what I mean? But like I said, if, if the ball is not going where it's supposed to, or if you're not running it, I mean, option football is numbers. It's angles. It's not – this isn't complicated stuff. And it won't change for all of time. I mean, it's the same stuff that, you know, I learned from Coach Johnson in the 80s. Uh, there's some adding things onto it, but – Option principles are still the same. It's all based off numbers, angles, uh, good blocking um, angles. And if you're not doing that in option football, it always looks like crap. You're like, why are they going there? Why did they run it there? It's not supposed to be going there. You know what I mean? You're supposed to go here. You're supposed to hand the ball. You're supposed to pitch it. And when you do that, then it gives you a chance. Because then it exposes, like, if you're handing the ball off, you're not getting movement. Okay, we can get the backer. Or if you get the ball in the perimeter, okay, we're not blocking that correctly. This uh, Dalen did a really, really good job of getting the ball where it's supposed to be, and it gave us a shot. It gave it gave us a chance, and so really proud of the way he played. So really, everything started with quarterback play, and then everything goes from there. But it's like any offense, 
your offense goes with the, the play of the quarterback. And the quarterback gets all the accolades, which he deserves, and he gets a lot of the blame. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the position. You know what I mean? Because you have the ball in your hands. The guy with the ball makes all the decisions, and so it's just the way it is. And then Graham, you had one more? Yeah, Wags, and Wags actually asked my question. I was going to ask about the difference in the offensive line from Air Force to uh, this. Uh... There you have the thoughts of Navy head coach Ken New Montalolo, who was in his 13th season guiding the football program at the United States Naval Academy. Um, remember, on Tuesday, we will have East Carolina head coach Mike Houston's weekly press conference as he will reflect on the victory at USF and look ahead to this weekend's matchup with the midshipmen. Uh, also on Tuesday night, we will have Mike Maniscalco of the Carolina Hurricanes as he and guest co-host Andrew DiGiovanni will be on the program as we talk NHL. And then during the second part of the 8 o'clock hour on Tuesday, we will be joined by former Cincinnati head coach Rick Minner, who is now uh, the newest addition to Southern Miss football staff as he joins the Golden Eagles as an analyst. Remember to follow us on social media, on Twitter at TheSportsOBJ, on Instagram at The Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to The Sports Objective Podcast. Go Pirates!